Uh, an anthem composed by Alfred Johnson. And if you didn't notice uh, the plaque at the risk of embarrassing the choir, you guys don't embarrass all that easily. The, the plaque is right there on the back of the wall. You can stare at the choir for a moment and see the plaque. I encourage you to check that out uh, after our service this morning. And so our, um, our passage for today comes from uh, the book of Ezra. We'll be reading from Ezra chapter 7, and we'll actually begin in verse 10 and read through verse 16. But as we prepare to turn to this uh, passage, it's good to get a, a quick word of introduction uh, we've been journeying through the, the, the story of Scripture over the past several months together. And over the past uh, month or so, uh, we've, we've seen uh, things pick up pace and move very quickly. Uh, we, we read about Solomon and about his son, uh, the, the temple that Solomon built, and then the problems that his son had when he refused to hear wise counsel and that the kingdom was torn in two. Uh, we then read about uh, some of the good kings that came afterwards, uh, kings like, like Hezekiah, uh, and Hezekiah who made everyone around him just a little more worshipful, a little more prayerful. We challenged ourselves to, to be Hezekiah and to find the Hezekiahs in our lives. Then we read about the, the, the day when the temple fell and uh, Jerusalem was invaded. We read from Lamentations. And we uh, read that, that book of sorrow as the people were torn away from their homes. And we learned that uh, sometimes uh, in between heartache and, and hope is, is nothing but the cross. Last week, Mike led us as we looked at the book of Daniel. The people of God had uh, been removed from their home and were in, a, in, a, in another nation. And yet they chose to, to hold on to their faith. And today, as we turn to Ezra, the people of God have started going back. I mean, they've been waiting for so long. They've seen so many days of darkness, and now they are returning uh, in, in groups to Jerusalem. And Ezra is going to request to join them. Uh, he is a scribe in Persia, and he will uh, make a request of the king to go back to Jerusalem. And so we'll be reading from Ezra chapter 7, beginning at verse 10. But before we go to God's word, let's go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we give you thanks for the chance to spend this time diving into the stories of Scripture. We thank you for our history as a congregation and as your people. We ask as we turn to these words today, the same Spirit who inspired their writing so many years ago would inspire our hearing, that we might come to know who we have been and who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ezra 7, beginning at verse 10. Listen to the word of God. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach the statutes and ordinances in Israel. This is a copy of the letter that King Artaxerxes gave to the priest Ezra, the scribe, a scholar of the text of the commandments of the Lord and his statutes for Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to the priest Ezra, the scribe of the law, of the God of heaven. Peace! And now I decree that any of the people of Israel, or their priests or Levites in my kingdom, who freely offers to go to Jerusalem, may go with you. For you are sent by the king and his seven counselors to make inquiries about Judah and Jerusalem according to the law of your God, which is in your hand, and also to convey the silver and gold that the king and his counselors have freely offered to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem, with all the silver and gold that you shall find in the whole province of Babylonia, and with the freewill offerings of the people 
and the priests given willingly for the house of their God in Jerusalem. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, as we reflect now upon your words, we ask that you would help them to find their way into our ears, our minds, our hearts, and our lives, that we might come to know who you are calling us to be. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Ezra was called to prepare the people for the future. Now, this is uh, what we see in this morning's passage. Ezra has, has a vision. He has a calling of leading the people, of reminding them of who God has called them to be. And Ezra has, is called to lead the people into this new future. And they've been waiting for so long. They've been waiting and waiting through these days of darkness. They've been waiting to go home. Home to a place many of them had never even seen. And yet, uh, at this point, finally the people are released to return to Jerusalem. And Ezra is called to lead them into the future. And the first thing he does is go back to the past. It's not what we would expect. I mean, as Ezra leads them boldly into the new future, uh, for Ezra to return to what once was. But I think if we look closely at what Ezra does in this passage, we will find that it's a wonderful example for what we're doing on this day as we celebrate Founders Day. I think we will find a challenge for each of us as we live our lives. I think Ezra has very important things to tell us this morning. You see, as Ezra was called to lead the people into the future, uh, he first asked the king for permission to go back to Jerusalem. And he, he gathers uh, the, these offerings, and he gathers the priests, he gathers uh, the faithful people, and together they travel from Persia back to Jerusalem, uh, and they visit the temple. But this is, this is not the temple that Solomon built. Remember, that temple had been uh, captured, it had been conquered, it had been crushed, it was gone. They're not visiting Solomon's temple. They're, built, they're visiting the, the new temple that has been rebuilt. As people had slowly been traveling uh, from Persia to Jerusalem, one of the first things they did was to reconstruct the temple. And they, they chose to build it in the strangest place. They chose to build this new temple in the same city as the old temple. They chose to build this new temple on the same hill as the old temple. And in fact, according to some accounts, they chose to build this new temple in the exact same spot as the old temple. They built it right on the foundations of what once was. And this is a strange choice because it, it connects them to their history in its totality. And that place, that location, that, that temple... That connects them to the best and worst moments of their past. On the one hand, as they, they gather together to rebuild this temple, as they, as they come together for worship, every time they gather in that spot, they are reminded of those moments of goodness and grace and gratitude from their history. They're reminded of stories about people like Solomon, great kings like David. They're reminded about kings like, like Hezekiah. And the grace that the people felt as Hezekiah prayed and God spared them. This location, this temple, this place where they're building their future, this is a place that connects them to the greatest moments of their past. 
It reminds them of days of goodness and grace and gratitude. But their past is more complicated than that. And this is not only the site of their best days, it's the location where they experience their worst days. And this is the place where that very temple was conquered and captured and crushed. That location reminds them of those days of darkness that they've known. That location reminds them of their suffering and their sorrow and the sin behind it all. Choosing that location for the temple connects them to every single moment of their past, the great moments and the harsh moments, to the days of goodness and grace and gratitude and also the days of sorrow and suffering and sin. And Ezra chooses to visit this place. He chooses to connect his vision for the future to this vision of their past. And it is not a perfect past. But it's real. And it's his. As Ezra looks at this past, it is not perfect, but it is real and it is his. And the good news of the gospel is that God can redeem even an imperfect past. That God can redeem their past and use it as a blessing for their future. That God can take those days of goodness and grace and gratitude and God can lift those up as moments to remember and to celebrate and to bring joy. But God can also transform those moments of sorrow and suffering and sin. He can use those moments and help the people to grow through them. To understand the suffering of those around them because they have experienced suffering themselves. God can use those moments of sorrow to help the people see the sorrow in their community because they felt it themselves. God can use those moments of sin to help the people understand why forgiveness is so important. Their, their past is not perfect, but it's real and it's theirs. And God can redeem this imperfect past to bless their future. And as Ezra chooses to connect his vision for the future to these visions of the past, Ezra chooses that their past will not limit them. Their past will not define them. He will allow God to redeem their past so that it can bless their future. This is a wonderful example for us as we celebrate Founders Day. And this is exactly what we are trying to do every February as we look back to our own history. Uh, We look back throughout the years uh, at our our church. We look back throughout, not even the the centuries, but we look back through the days that we remember in our church. Uh, The days that that we have gathered for worship. Each one of us has memories of our time in this church. Not not in this building. It's not about the building. It's about the the time we have gathered together for worship. Moments of, of goodness and grace and gratitude. Some of our greatest, happiest moments we celebrate in worship. That's why we have a rose in the chancel. We celebrate birth. We celebrate baptism. We celebrate ordinations and installations and weddings. Some of our happiest moments happen in worship. Those moments of goodness and grace and gratitude. But we also, we also come together for worship in our hardest moments in funerals and memorial services, when we say goodbye to the people we love. 
As we think back through our history with this church, we have those great moments and we have the hard moments. We have the moments where we remember however many years ago it may have been that the preacher said something that just hit you exactly in the place you needed to hear it. Whether it was a word of comfort or a word of challenge. We have those moments where where the music seems to sing to our very souls. We have those moments where the fellowship, where the, the friendship in this room and wherever we may happen to be overwhelms us and we realize that we are loved and accepted by a God who chooses to love us no matter what. We have moments filled with goodness and grace and gratitude. But our history's not perfect. And there are also the moments of of sorrow and suffering and sin. And the longer the history goes, the more you will have of both of those moments. And yet we have chosen to celebrate our birthday as a congregation. We have chosen to celebrate Founders Day because we believe that the good news of the gospel is that God can redeem our imperfect past. Our past is not perfect, but it's real and it's ours. And God can redeem our past and use it to bless our future. God can lift up these moments of goodness and grace and gratitude. God can lift up these wonderful moments to fill us with joy on the days we need it the most. But even more importantly, God can redeem those other moments. God can use our moments of sorrow to help us understand the sorrow in the community around us. God can use the moments when we have suffered to help us reach the people who are suffering around us. God can use those moments when we have felt the effects of sin to help us proclaim the good news of forgiveness. Our past is not perfect, but it's ours. And the good news of the gospel is that God can redeem an imperfect past to bless our future as a church. And this is what we see in Ezra. This is what we're doing today on Founders Day. And it can, be, it can be a bit of a challenge to do this as a community. But it can be a lot harder to do this as individuals. Each one of us has a history. Each one of us has a story. Each one of us has a past. And it's different for every one of us. Even those of us who grew up in the same household or in the same family, we each have different experiences. And as we look back through our days, we have the days that are filled with goodness and grace and gratitude. We have the joyful moments. We have the happy moments, the moments that we commemorate, the moments that we remember, the moments we memorialize, the moments we revisit. But we also have the other moments, the moments we try not to revisit, the moments we try not to think about, the moments we don't talk about. They're different for each of us. Moments of sorrow or suffering or sin. Each of us have both moments in our, in our history, in our background, in our lives. Our pasts are not perfect, but they're ours and they're real. And some of us have more of those great moments and some of us have more of the suffering moments. Some of us have more grace and some of us have more sorrow. Some of us have more gratitude. Some of us have more sin. Regardless, these pasts, they are ours and they are real. And the good news of the gospel is they don't have to be perfect. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ can redeem your history and your past, whatever is in it. Your history, your past does not define your future. It does not limit the days ahead of you. Jesus Christ will redeem your past to bless your future. 
Jesus Christ can lift up those days of celebration, those days of grace and goodness and gratitude. Jesus Christ can transform those days of sorrow and suffering and sin. And Jesus Christ can use those days to help you reach someone else who's experiencing the exact same thing right now. Every one of us has a different history. Every one of us has a different past and none of them is perfect. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ can redeem your history, whatever it is, that God can use your past to bless your future. As we read these words from Ezra today, as we gather together on Founders Day, we look to our past to prepare for our future. We look to what was to become what we will be. We celebrate the people who have gone before us and we celebrate our history not perfect, but it's real and it's ours. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ can redeem our past, can redeem your past to bless your future. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.